Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Oil prices are determined by global markets, manipulated by cartels and speculators, not determined by U.S. markets alone, and certainly not single-handedly decided by the U.S. government. Now, these challenges are going to continue to remain, and even through those challenges, this administration is undertaking bold actions to help Americans through this painful moment. The President announced yesterday the release of one million barrels a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to counteract rising prices. And he will seek to require oil and gas companies sitting on the thousands of approved but unused permits and idle wells on federal land to either start producing or pay a fee. But as we look ahead, we cannot let families' futures or our national economy be decided in Use the well, start producing, or pay a fee? Is this what Pete Buttigieg wants to bring us? Tough guy Pete, you either do the thing or you pay a fee? How about this? They stop drilling altogether, they stop exploring altogether, and you figure out how people are going to get from point A to point B. Oh, that's right, you're still a believer in the nonsense bus. I am absolutely positively exhausted, disgusted, by these weakling little beta male children who get into positions of power and all of a sudden they know a guy who knows a guy. Look, you, you, I can't leave this for you forever, all right? You got to be an earner. I got this land here and ain't earning. You see what the problem is, Paulie? You understand what I'm saying? Paulie, I got land here and ain't earning for me. You're going to understand how upsetting this is uh, for me in my position. So here's what we do. You got to earn on the land or the land's got to go somewhere else. So if you're going to hold on to the land, you got a little something. Roast beef sandwich, the big, whatever you, I don't know what you call it. I don't know what you're saying. I know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Do what you're saying. Don't make no sense. But what I'm saying makes perfect sense and we all understand it. You got to pay up. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Pete Buttigieg. Does anybody think Pete Buttigieg isn't spider? Oh, these sniveling picked last for kickball guys. They get into these positions and look how tough. Either start producing or pay a fee. What a tough guy. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. How are you? 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. That is the number. Actually, not the thing I wanted to get into, but I, uh, I, uh, I, I came across it and I was like, oh, Oh, he's just so, he's just so absolutely awful. And if you think that was the only awful thing he said, well, it's Pete Buttigieg. He can outdo himself. Second, we got to zoom out and talk about what today's progress means for our economic and national security. The freedom of our country to chart its future without being subject to other countries and to the decisions that are being made in the boardrooms of energy companies. For years, we have warned about the dangers of dependence on foreign oil and made significant progress through energy efficiency and ramping up domestic energy production, which is part of why when President Biden made the bold decision to ban Russian oil, our country was better positioned to handle it than many others. So less dependent on foreign oil, and that protects us from shortages at, at fuel stations. But here's the thing to remember. Even if all of the oil we use in the USA were made in the USA, 
the price of it is still subject to powers and dynamics outside of the USA, which means that until we achieve a form of energy independence that is based on clean energy created here at home, American citizens will still be vulnerable to wild price hikes like we're seeing right now during Putin's war. Can I tell you, being a Rhodes Scholar ain't what it used to be. Even if we were to make all our own energy because it's not green, it's not good enough. If you say so. But as we just discussed with Stephen Moore, economist and former senior economic advisor uh, to President Trump, if 96% of the cars are gas, it doesn't matter that GM says they're going to move their whole fleet to electric, which is a nonsense idea to begin with. You still need the gas. And how are you going to power all those electric cars? What is the green power that you have that's going to power all the electric vehicles? None? That's what I thought. No one says you shouldn't go about creating better green energy. Go to it. But you don't give up what you've got while you're waiting on the fantasy. And that's the problem with these guys in power. They have no experience in anything. Pete Buttigieg ain't a bright guy. Now, you could say to me, but he's a Rhodes Scholar, and I'll say to you, that ain't what it used to be. He's the Secretary of Transportation, and it's very clear that he has never been in a room with five truckers explaining to him what it takes to get from point A to point B, and that green isn't going to make that haul. By the way, there's nothing uh, at all in in my in my readings that lets me leads me to believe that green is going to be able to satisfy uh, the trucking industry anytime soon i mean these are people who want to go autonomous in 20 years i understand the the point of view it does freak me out but that's neither here nor there green totally different mathematics totally different mathematics but wasn't actually the thing i want to talk about the thing i want to talk about was joe rogan and this this conversation he's having about Spotify where he says uh, uh, if it gets to the point where I can't do it anymore, meaning his show the podcast where I have to do it in some sort of weird way where I walk on eggshells and mind my P and Q's blank that you know, he said he'd he'd quit and uh, there are people saying you're making 100 to 200 million dollars a year, whatever the, the contract is. Uh, you're not going to quit. Don't be ridiculous. Well, that's I don't think true. And they're saying, uh, you know, they're basing it on this very, very warped, foolhardy, ignorant understanding, which is to say, not an understanding at all of of capitalism. It, it's it's important to 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 note that. Um, the people who think that he should stay in a gig where he's not allowed to speak are not capitalists. They're, 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 they're not. A capitalist isn't all about the money. That's not, that's not true. Right? If we want to even get back into the, the Marxist origins here in, in the conversation and, and discuss the idea of, of what it means to have capital, right? A capitalist, a person who has capital especially invested in business or a person of, of, of wealth or a person who favors capitalism. 
or seen as an adjective, the idea of owning capital or practicing or advocating uh, capitalism. And capitalism being defined as an economic system where you have private and corporate ownership of capital goods by investments that are determined by private decision and by prices, production, and the distribution of goods. I know, it's a lot wordy, right? In none of that is capitalism, you you just take the money, the most amount of money possible, and you do anything for it. Capitalism doesn't work like that. Capitalism is not about less choices. It's about many, many more choices. Capitalism, in terms of the individual, is about living your life to the way you see fit, to the moment of your happiness without the concept of acceptance. As I often engage this conversation, um, one guy is a biomed CEO making $16 million a year. The other guy teaches ski lessons. The biomed CEO has the 9,000-square-foot house and the pool and the tennis court, gates to the house. The guy who teaches uh, uh, skiing lives in a uh, studio apartment at the base of the mountain. The question is, who is happier? There is no mathematics that you could do or anyone else could do based on the information I just gave you and could determine the answer to that question. Yet the people who know nothing about capitalism will all scream about the biomed CEO. They won't ask a question like, well, how hard does he work? They won't ask a question like, well, what's his debt structure? They won't ask the question of what are his uh, daily uh, duties in relationship to maybe people he has employed who he has to take care of. They don't ask any of those questions. Because maybe we can, they ask those questions, the answer will be like, man, I wouldn't want that job. And then you go to, well... Maybe you don't, but maybe that's exactly what that dude thrives on or that woman thrives on, and they absolutely want the job. Man, this is exactly where they want to be. They love it. You cannot determine someone's happiness based on which job they took. And the guy who teaches skiing lessons, he's got the one-room condo, right? The one-room studio apartment. I don't know. I have absolutely no idea whether or not uh, they're happy with it. Maybe they wish they were uh, winning gold medals, but maybe this is exactly what they want to do. They teach lessons all day. They ski all afternoon. It's a very, very freeing life. Capitalism, of course, allows for both things to happen. Should Joe Rogan quit? I don't know. But he put it out there. Now Joe Rogan has put it out there. You got Well, answer your question. Figure it out, man. But if you told me I could do this show, but I can only say certain things or not say other things, I wouldn't be here either. And I don't make Joe Rogan money, which does make me very upset. I wouldn't do it. I'd figure out something else. Being able to speak freely is far more valuable than the money. Far more. So don't be surprised if Rogan walks and... By the way, he'll get well compensated somewhere else. But don't be surprised if he walks. Don't be shocked by it. And it certainly doesn't make him less of a capitalist. I think it would be the other way around.
He's living his life the way he sees fit and doesn't give a good holy damn about somebody else's acceptance. Got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. You got Duke and you got North Carolina. You got Villanova and you got Kansas. And you might be asking yourself, hey, Tony, you don't know anything about the Final Four. That may be true, but I'm trying. But you may also be saying, I got to put some money on this thing. Well, don't ask me. I can't tell you what to do. But Jason Hammer can. He is the betting guru from Wish TV in Indianapolis and, of course, the host of Hammer and Nigel on WIBC from 3 to 7 p.m. He joins us right now. Uh, People do love to bet in Indiana with legal uh, gambling. Good Lord, do they like to bet. Um, Talk to me about these two games and where you're seeing things going. Let's start with Villanova and Kansas. Um, This game, for me, is about who's not going to be in the lineup. If anybody watched the previous game with Villanova, you saw that their guard, Justin Moore, one of their playmakers, tore his Achilles in the closing seconds of that win. So he's not going to play. And for me, I was leaning Kansas anyway, but the point spread really didn't change from what I thought it would be. Right now, Kansas is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I love Kansas in this game. Kansas guards are really good. The Abaji kid is a candidate for national player of the year, a lottery pick, and everything that Kansas does is better than what Villanova does. Villanova's really good. Villanova's well-coached under Jay Wright. They're fundamental. They're sound. But all of the things that they do well, I think Kansas does better with better athletes. So I'm going to lay the four and a half here, and I'm hitching my wagon to the Jayhawks. So they're going to win. They're going to win by four and a half. They're going to cover every part of it, and that makes you happy. That makes me happy, but there are other ways, Tony, that you can get in on the same game. You can bet different halves. I love this bet, Kansas minus two in the second half. So go to your favorite sports book app, um, whatever one you choose to use, and find the half section because Kansas minus two in the second half, if you think Kansas is going to win the game, this is the bet you make. Because what we've seen from Kansas in this tournament is sometimes they can get out to a slow start like they did against Miami. But ultimately, the better athletes, the blue chip players, they get it going in the second half. And when Kansas hits the switch, they hit the freaking switch. So lay two in the second half with Kansas. All right, I have no idea what that means, the the, the, the negative two. Talking to Jason Hammer from the Hammer and Nigel Show. So so the idea is they think that the, the team will score two points less in the second half than the first half? No, you think Kansas will win the second half by more than two. That's okay. the whole plus-minus thing. If it's minus two, the team has to win by two or more. If you're getting the points, which is the plus, if you're looking at betting lines, that means even if you get beat by one, you have plus two, you still win via the spread. Does that make sense? Oh, God, I'm going to start drinking right now. That'll <laughs> be totally fine. Let's take it over to uh, the Duke-North Carolina game, which to me, I mean, that, that, that's that's the game. That's, that's, that's going to be better than any championship. That's the game right there. What do you got? Nobody wanted St. Peter's in this thing. Anybody that wanted St. Peter's in this thing, stop. Nobody wanted to see a Duke versus St. Peter's game. You're right, Tony. This is the game. Everybody wants to win in the Final Four. I get that. 
but nobody wants to lose this one. Duke, North Carolina, with all due respect to the IU and Purdue fans, this is the marquee rivalry in college basketball. And if you're a North Carolina fan, think about what you can do here. Not only did you send Mike Krzyzewski out of Cameron Indoor Stadium, Duke's home court with a loss to end his career. And a big loss. A blowout. You get the opportunity to end his career in the Final Four. So with all of the championships that North Carolina has won, with all of the All-Americans, Michael Jordan, James Worthy, the list goes on and on, this could be the greatest year, arguably the greatest weekend for North Carolina basketball history if they send Coach K packing in the Final Four. Like, the Darth Vader in me, the bad guy, would love to see it because of all of those punchable Duke players over the years to see their rival be the one to send them packing, Tony. It's so beautiful. It's right there. But I don't know if it's going to happen or not. You don't know if it's going to happen because Duke is just playing out of their face good right now. Duke is good, and, man, this is the third time these two teams have met this year. It's going to be a physical game. The point spread is four. Duke is favored by four points. That could go either way. I'm looking at the total in this game, 151 and a half points. So if you're going to bet this game, you have to bet over 151 and a half combined points or under. What we've seen in this tournament is that the under totals have been rolling. Nobody likes to bet the under. It's not fun. Nobody wants to root for turnovers and missed free throws and scoring droughts. But if you're trying to win the money, sometimes it's the smart bet. And a lot of folks are in on the over on this one. I think it's going to be physical. I think you're going to see some nerves early on. 151 and a half is a big number to me. So if this is a 76 to 75 game, that's a pretty high scoring game. You still lose by the point five. We call that the hook. So I'm going to take this under 151 and a half. So uh, allow me to ask a question like, like, like an amateur. Who do you think is going to win? I think Duke wins the game. Okay. Duke wins the game. I don't know if they win by four, but I think they win the game. I'm not playing that point spread. It's not one of my favorite bets, uh, but I do think Duke gets the win, and they move on to play Kansas in the championship game. That's Jason Hammer right there. We'll see if you're right. We'll talk about it again Monday as we get ready for that championship that takes place Monday night. Uh, Hammer and Nigel on the Twitter box, WIBC, WIBC.com, 3 to 7 p.m. Jason, always a pleasure. I need to look up everything he just said. Thank this you. This is why I don't talk betting, people. This is This is French. <laughs> It's crazy. I'm Tony Katz. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. Jill, Kamala, Doug, our entire administration sees you for who you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. That was part of Joe Biden's statement yesterday. A statement that I didn't know he had made. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. And and when I 
found out the story, I, I was I was recording the the cigar and bourbon review show that I do. Eat, drink, smoke. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. I was with Fingers Malloy, my co-host. And he goes, did you see this? I said, did, did I see what? He goes, oh, this is all you're going to talk about. This is all you're going to talk about tomorrow. Guaranteed your money back. He shows me the story. White House announces new actions to protect transgender Americans amid wave of state-level discriminatory laws. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to talk about this. I'm going to have to discuss the fact that in Florida, there's an LGBTQ group, multiple groups, suing Florida over the parental rights and education law. Which, of course, the ignorant, the foolhardy, and the straight-out liars refer to as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Remember, they can't argue what's in the bill, so therefore they lie about what's in it to try and get people not to like it. When that bill came out, and people were explained, hey, this is what's in it. They were in favor of it. Because it says we're not discussing sexual orientation and gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. It doesn't actually stop any conversations. What it does, it stops formal classroom instruction. And instead, what we have are teachers who are just super upset that they can't share their personal lives with these students. Our kids. They sometimes refer to them as their kids. One teacher actually referred to them as my children. They're not your children, teachers. They're not your children. Stop it. You've gotten overzealous. You have forgotten how this works. Parents did not give up their kids to you. They did entrust them for a while with you to educate them properly because we want that for a society. And you know what happened? Not all teachers. But too many teachers, administrators, unions, you let us down. You lied to us. And when we said, hey, this isn't what we want, you called us bigots, you called us racists, you called us terrorists. Because we had issues. So you have groups, Equality Florida and Family Equality, they say the law violates the constitutionally protected rights of free speech, equal protection, and due process of students and families. Now, before I get into more of what Joe Biden said, I want to share a couple other things with you, but let me start with a basic. I will start with this, and if I'm not too out of my head, I'll, I'll end with this. Fight. Don't be ever afraid to fight for your kid. Don't ever be afraid to fight. The teacher thinks uh, they're in charge. They're not. Let them know it. The administration thinks they're in charge. They're not. Let them know it. The school board thinks they're in charge. They're not. Let them know it. Run for school board. Vote for other people. Make noise. It's your kid. Protect them. If a teacher is upset that they won't be able to talk about going paddleboarding with their partner over the weekend, which is an actual story that a teacher said to NBC News, no one gives a damn if you went paddleboarding. You're not that interesting, and your life isn't that important. After all, this is calculus class. Or in the case of this teacher, it's kindergarten. My kid doesn't give a damn about your paddleboarding. Teach him to read. Teach him to read. 
If you're upset that you're not able to tell kindergartners about going paddle boarding with your partner, well, then you have the wrong point of view. You shouldn't even be teaching at all. As a matter of fact, don't teach them how to read. Get out of the classroom. You're not good enough. You're the problem. I read that headline. White House announces new actions to protect transgender Americans amid wave of state-level discriminatory laws. And I said out loud, I have to call my program director. I'm done with radio. What, what am I to do? You expect me to take to the airwaves under FCC constraints and just have a rational conversation about the disease of these people? We're going to protect transgender Americans. What are they not protected from? And what do you mean by transgender Americans? Well, as Joe Biden made clear, he means your kids. But we know it's hard when there are those out there who don't see you and don't respect you. For example, the onslaught of anti-transgender state laws attacking you and your families is simply wrong. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere. What do you mean in the classroom? You know, I'm going to let uh, this finish out, what, what Joe Biden said. But in the classroom... We're getting dangerously close to the idea that we think children can decide their gender. Dangerously close indeed. Is this what Joe Biden is saying? Today, we're announcing even more steps, but there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against transgender women of color and girls of color, to ensure transgender seniors can age with dignity, dignity, and to finally pass a bipartisan Equality Act to help transgender persons around the world live free from discrimination and violence. Above all, to be there with you. To parents of transgender children, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. To any transgender American who's struggling, please know that you're not alone. To parents and children alike, please ask for help. And know this, you're so brave, you belong. And we have your back. God bless you all. Be brave. Yes, God bless you all. Be brave. I believe this to be true. Be brave enough to look the President of the United States in the eye and say you are a child abuser. Children cannot determine their own gender. You are not there to affirm a child's point of view. Children are not adults, and Joe Biden just condoned child abuse. Say so. Be brave. Speak loudly. How does one respond to that? How does one begin to engage? This is the question I ask myself. What the hell am I going to say to you guys? What the hell am I going to say to you guys? Well, first, I'm I'm, I'm not going to quit radio. Um, I I, I may lose my job one day. They may throw me off the air one day. But I'm never going to back down from this conversation and from these bigots and from this hatefulness. 
And I, I got to admit, I, I feel something. Um, I, I feel for gay Americans who have been dragged into this. This is not what the fights at Stonewall were all about. Now, were they? The transgender conversation has become one of lunacy where we condone child abuse and we tell women to just lay back and take it. But not we, they, Joe Biden. That's right. Any man can say they're a woman and then participate in women's sports in college and you'll never win a trophy again, ladies. It will be the rarest thing in the world when a woman wins a medal in swimming. The men are going to win them all. Thank goodness feminism is on the case. Do you understand how much Joe Biden hates women? Do you understand how much Kamala Harris hates women? How much these progressives hate women? Just lay back and take it is exactly what they're saying. Legislation that says we don't sexualize second graders and we don't teach them about gender that somehow is abusive? That's an anti-trans piece of legislation? Stop it. But maybe I'll go another way with it. Okay. Because sexualizing children is wrong. And if you're telling me that the so-called transgender community is aggressively trying to sexualize children, that's wrong. And if it's anti-them, screw them. I mean, that's what they're saying. Don't believe me? Let's go to the Daily Mail. Teachers at an Eau Claire school district, that's Wisconsin, were told not to reveal a pupil's sexual orientation and gender identity to parents if they confided in them. That is the school working against the parent. Staff were told, and I'm quoting, remember, parents are not entitled to know their kids' identities. That knowledge must be earned. You think there's a teacher in that school or an administrator in that school who should still have their job? It's child abuse. Certainly it's an abuse of the parent who is the only party that matters. Teachers, you don't matter. Administrators, you don't matter. Now, that's not true of every teacher. It's not true of every administrator. But it's certainly true if they think they matter and that the teacher thinks they matter and the parent doesn't matter. If you don't think the parent matters, then that teacher doesn't matter. 150% does not matter. If you try to tell my kid that they are this or that or the other, and then you hide that information from me, you believe not only in abusing children, you believe that parents don't have rights. So we need, therefore, a bill like in Florida, uh, parental rights in education. We need to ensure that parents are always the most important part of the conversation when it comes to their kids. Children need to be protected, more often than not, from themselves. And children clearly need to be protected from school board officials, from teachers, and from Joe Biden. This is proactively supporting, proactively supporting child abuse. It is what it is what it is. So I will say it again. Fight like hell. They tell you you can't raise your voice? Go ahead. 
I'm not sure if it will always get you what you want, but don't be afraid to. They'll tell you you can't point out the madness of the books that are in the school library. You go right ahead. They tell you you can't know about what's going on with your kid. Handle them. Teachers are not special. Some teachers are very special. But teachers are not a protected class of people who get to abuse kids by keeping information from parents. Neither are administrators. And parents must stand up at all times and must, as President Biden said, be brave. But know this. Joe Biden has condoned child abuse. I would tell him to his face. There's nobody, I won't tell, to their face that it's the condoning of child abuse. And I must say, it sickened me to my core. It's disgusting. And let me also say uh, to anybody out there who is questioning this stuff in, in their lives, I don't tell you no. You'll notice I have never said be rude or be mean or anything else like that because I don't believe in any of that. But you don't need my acceptance. This whole idea of uh, acceptance. You have to accept you. Not me. I don't have to accept you at all. How dare you think you can put that upon me as if it's some kind of rule. I don't have to accept a damn thing about you. And may I add, you don't have to accept a damn thing about me. Except, of course, that we both have the right to live our lives the way we see fit. Without the concept of acceptance, you don't have to accept me. I don't have to accept you. I only have to accept, to the extent that I do, that you have the right to exist. I accept this. I recognize this. I also recognize that my child's existence is mine. I control it. Yes, control it. That is my job. I'm not letting Joe Biden or some teacher or some woke group take that from me. I'd rather fight you in the streets. You're not in charge. You're not good. And I don't have to change a single thing about my life to satisfy you. I don't have to recognize a pronoun. I don't have to recognize anything about you. I just have to leave you alone, which I agree is the most important part, but you have to recognize you. You are the only one who can affirm you. You are the one that has to be okay with you. That's about your mental health and mental well-being. It has nothing to do with me. So not only is Joe Biden advocating, accepting, and extolling child abuse, He's lying about the idea of how one is to be accepted. The society doesn't have to accept you. You have to accept you. That comes from my own personal experience. What it's like not to accept myself. What it's like to hate myself and then realize I shouldn't. Joe Biden's disgusting. And don't ever tell me that elections don't have consequences. And don't ever tell me that the president of the United States doesn't have an effect on your life. Vote in November. Vote like your life and your kid's life depends on it. Because they actually do. I'm Tony Katz. Dow's down 27. NASDAQ's down 48. Jen Psaki is going to leave her role as White House press secretary. And she's going to get an on-air role at MSNBC. 
What's the difference? In one situation, she's a spokesperson for the president, right? And then on um, MSNBC, she's going to be a spokesperson for the president. Honestly, there's there's just there's just no difference here. Absolutely, positively none. Most unsurprising thing in the world. I'll talk more uh, about it get more into it and when we've got final four uh you got uh, Jaden ivy he's going to the nba doing this whole thing with bruce arians i'll get into that with jmv from 93.5 the fan rumble.com slash tony katz you should go over there and find everything at tony more coming up this is tony katz today